0: i didn't even have a computer dude i showed up to stanford without a computer wow if you can imagine that
1: that's crazy the
0: generational yeah and gap that i was uh, under and i i didn't even know how to write a 10 page page. i never even knew how to print that long that far that many pages so i had to learn really really quick and and i talked to some of my friends that went to these elite prep schools you know um on the east coast they cost forty thousand dollars a year in mm-hmm. high school and they're like oh yeah i had a 10 page paper due every week you know wow. they're basically redoing stuff yeah. they had already seen mm-hmm. books they had already read they knew how to speak to professors i was so intimidated mm-hmm. to even speak to a stanford professor i was like why do they want to you know they're like oh yeah go to office hours and and i was like when are You and i didn't know any of this stuff like it was just it was just a culture shock to me Wow! It was just like another world that I had no idea how to
2: navigate. Welcome to the Blitz Seekers podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss.
1: We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest. He is a fellowship Reconstructive surgeon and board certified dermatologist. He is also a fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology and an associate member of the American College of Most Surgery. Additionally, he has over 40 scientific presentations, publications, and book chapters on reconstructive surgery, skin cancer, and cosmetic dermatology. He grew up in San Jose and received his bachelor's in human biology with honors from Stanford University. He was fortunate to study abroad at Brasenose College oxford university and universidad autonoma del estado de mexico in cuernavaca and is fluent in spanish after college he completed three years of graduate training at the national institute of allergy and infectious diseases in maryland he then returned to stanford to complete his medical degree with an emphasis in melanoma and pathology research his transitional internship was at valley medical center Subsequently, he completed a residency in dermatology at Stanford and then pursued a Mohs Micrographic Surgery and Cosmetic Fellowship with Dr. Richard G. Bennett at UCLA with an emphasis on reconstructive surgery. He also enjoys practicing in the Bay Area and has spent the past two years caring for patients in Sonoma and Marin Counties. He's a fan of running, snowboarding, golf, wine, traveling, and cryptocurrency. Please welcome to the podcast, Dr. Eric Cabral
2: dr e welcome thanks, thanks for having me
0: such an honor to be
2: here
1: yeah, yeah I really appreciate it it's it's nice to have you man I mean no, we've known each other for a long time right?
0: yeah we were trying to calculate it but <laughs> we don't yeah. we won't put too many numbers out there <laughs> yeah the,
1: the funny thing is um yeah so like when you showed up he was kind of like having a reminis reminis reminiscing deja vu of like you know this area and all that kind of stuff but yeah. So um, again, great, great to have you. You know, uh, I know that your story is pretty powerful and we always like to start the podcast with kind of getting to know the person, like you know, how you grew up, where you grew up, about your family and stuff. Cause we feel here that if they know where you come from, people will connect with you better. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing. You grew up in San Jose.
0: I did, I did, it's great to be home, Uh, it's great to be nearby, like you said, it was just like deja vu and reminiscing. How long
1: has it been since you've been kind of back in the South Bay?
0: I've Basically at 18 when I went to Stanford I you know it's 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 up the way mm-hmm. but you know I spent a lot of time training um so basically when I left it, I I kind of you know didn't really come back except to you know for some of my training at Valley down the street wow um but I grew up you know first in Virginia you know oh, Virginia. Um, Virginia Yeah first East in Virginia goes. No, first in Virginia, the the street downtown oh. San Jose. Oh, <laughs> I am like, <laughs> you know, I'm like no, no. East Coast. I was okay. trying to throw you for a loop. Yeah. Yeah, you did um, so down, the streets, yeah. yeah, downtown first. Then downtown, downtown San Jose. So um, no, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You yeah. have an amazing studio. Yeah, uh, it's really great. And um, so
1: Virginia, st-
0: right? Yeah, down the street, basically, like right off Bird Avenue. Um, went to Gardner Elementary, you know, um, my mom was a single mom. Oh, OK. And, uh, you know, growing up there, you know, was tough um, during the 80s, mm-hmm. you know, with everything um, happening with all like, you know, the drugs and gang violence and, and all that stuff. So I, I actually never really thought I'd live past 21, to be really? honest with you, really? growing up growing up in that neighborhood. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Virginia is pretty bad in downtown. it was back then.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it, for people that know San Jose it was called Horseshoe. Oh, I mean, it, it's just like one of the main gangs yeah. there. Horseshoe um. gang. And so, yeah. you know, our house was broken into three times. I was the oldest, you know, um, you know, it was it was tough. I didn't really have many role models. So yeah. how many siblings do you have? I have four total Okay Two on my mom's side Two on my dad's side Okay uh, They were divorced When I was two
1: So which ones Did you grow up with
0: Mainly my mom Okay Mainly my mom So were they
1: older Younger
0: I'm the oldest So they're, oh. all, they're all younger Oh wow <laughs> So I had it bad Yeah More responsibility <laughs> Exactly right? Exactly yeah. So, so it, uh, hopefully I try to set a good example Well I'm sure When you it's have. all said and done Yeah <laughs> 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 When
1: it's all said and done I'm pretty sure you have Right So growing up You had uh, th- two siblings That lived with you right? Correct And you were the oldest mm-hmm. and your mother was a single mother. Yes. So you were basically the man of the house.
0: Basically, yeah. You know, um I remember, you know, my mom working two jobs. She'd come home, um, she'd get us settled in, you know, uh, she'd leave me out stuff to heat up for mm-hmm. my brother brother and sister. You know, we ate a lot of top ramen in those days. Wow. Yeah. You know, um and had to get them to bed because she used to work till late at IBM. And I remember I used to kind of pretend I was asleep, but I used to wait for her, you know, uh, hear her car coming in the driveway and I didn't want her to know I was still up. So I'd like run to bed as soon as I heard her pull in and, uh, you know, but yeah, it was tough, man. Okay. Uh, but you know, it taught me a lot of, you know, how to care for others and yeah. to be mm. compassionate and to basically be humble and appreciate everything you have. How right. did
2: you stay out of trouble? Uh,
0: there was a time where I was, <laughs> maybe Isaac knows a little bit about mm-hmm. it, you know, where you know, um, I did I did find trouble every now and then or mm-hmm. I was looking for trouble. But well, You know, I rebelled, you know, like most teenagers and being in in that environment where, yeah. you know, you see the negative role models. Um, so I, I can't say that, you know, it was all positivity. Right, right. Um, but I quickly learned that, you know, that lifestyle just doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was like very upfront. Yeah. So at an so,
2: early age you knew that wasn't like you didn't want to go that path that road.
0: Right. You know, most of all, I mean, I just didn't want to let my parents down, mm. you know, and uh, you know, uh, I I wanted to choose a different path cuz I saw where the other path mm. would lead me to juvenile hall, to, yeah. you know, prison, yeah. to death, you know, and violence. And instead of being part of that negativity, I wanted to flip it and try to be a positive role model for you know, my family and the community and stuff. So that's why it's great to be back here. And um, yeah. thanks for putting the word out and, no. and doing great stuff with this podcast. Yeah. It's awesome. no.
1: I, I think people need to hear your story. And I think mm-hmm. after they, they watch everything, they, they're going to see you in a different light. Right. So um, was your father like in your life back when you were young? Yeah, he
0: was. I mean, um, when I look back on it now, I mean, he exposed me to things that were really amazing. You know, um, we, we have a great relationship, um, being exposed to my cousins on that side of the family. So, you know, he, he dealt with his own issues. Um, but when he could, you know, he did the best he could. And, uh, I really appreciate that him for that. Um, but it was, you know, kind of sporadic for a minute, but at times, like when I really started getting into negative stuff, my mom's like, you got to go, go with your dad. Oh wow! <laughs> so she's like, you're out, you know, tough love, which was good. Cause he, he kind of gave me the, the tough love and, 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 uh, real regimen that i needed yeah. was
2: it also in san jose
0: he was in santa clara mm-hmm. at that time oh. in high school was so I didn't, like neighbors yeah neighbors? not too far yeah, not too not far, too far. Okay. So, the funny
1: thing about san jose though is back then santa clara was like considered far <laughs> like <Right>. people <laughs> yeah. kind of stayed in their own little like neighborhood like people right. would not leave you yeah know? it was your hood yeah there was no uber back then yeah you <laughs> yeah
0: you couldn't lift to you know um to the next town over he so. probably couldn't drive either so right like, yeah. right you take three hours of buses to <laughs> yeah. get there so yeah i agree it, w- it was it was next town over but it seemed like a world away right mm-hmm. because it wasn't like you know barrio type yeah, you know, yeah. stuff santa clara was like a dream you know like a suburbia, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say back in those times. Yeah. So, now San Jose is much different. Yeah. Now Very San Jose different. is much, yeah. much different. So. Yeah.
1: so you went from the hood to suburbia. How'd you end up in the South side of San Jose?
0: South San Jose, um so my mother eventually moved um from downtown and she ended up in South San Jose. Uh so Oh, so you were there before
1: you went to your dad.
0: At the same time. Okay. So my mom was like late. So I went, I went to Santa Clara and then eventually, you know, once I kind of chilled out, I kind of went back with mom. Yeah. um, Which was good. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's how that connection came about.
1: Yeah. So once she realized that you were out of the whole wrong path, she brought you back home.
0: Right. Right. Once she realized, Hey, like he's getting good grades. He's with a good crowd he's really trying at school, you know, really trying to get scholarships, really trying to do this, you know, she, um, you know, she was more accepting and and supportive and, and, you know, eventually all worked out. Your mom seems like a pretty intelligent and strong woman. She's been, she's been awesome. I mean, she's been my rock throughout. I mean, she, she's, she's awesome. I really, really owe it all to her. And, um, you know, obviously we come from a big family too Mm. and they all help, but she's always been the kind of person that, everyone in the family kind of um, goes to with like, issues. and Like the matriarch
1: of the family, would you say? I
0: would say she's she's a matriarch kind of figure in the family mm-hmm. where if people are arguing or people are having issues, they'll kind of use her to kind of smooth things out. And, I mean, yeah, she, she was awesome. I mean, she raised three kids on her own and, uh, you know, really, really was a hard worker and, uh, you know, did what she had to do and uh she's she's a great role model what can i say yeah. she's my mom mm. it makes sense she yeah. wrote my bio too by the way she, yeah she Thanks, put mom. that together <laughs> it a Great bio, right?
1: sound like a zipper mom yeah, <laughs> yeah. and you know it's funny because uh we both grew up here in the south bay mm-hmm. in silicon valley and both our mothers worked at tech companies how mm-hmm. long
0: was your mom at ibm for she was there almost 10 years okay overall Wow, and mm-hmm. so
1: my mom worked at Intel for thirty six
0: years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah but nice. I mean, it's
1: kind of it's kind of funny. So, so both female Hispanic mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the you know male dominated tech industry, right? Mm-hmm. Probably were underpaid, you know, but worked very hard and to put food on the table and, and raise a family. You know, what I mean, that's pretty awesome. So what what do you think the biggest lesson that is that you learned from your mom that still sticks with
0: you today? I think compassion. Okay. And always give people the benefit of the doubt. Always. Um, when they're down and out, um, lend a hand, Mm -hmm. you know, I remember having cousins that were going through issues. They would come stay with us. Or like I said, her being a mediator, always just kind of looking out for others, Mm -hmm. you know, even though we didn't have much ourselves, she would always, always be, I mean, just right now, when we were at a family gathering, she's like, I got to go. And we're like, why do you got to go mom? She's like, she has a a neighbor that's kind of disabled. And she's like, oh, I got to go get my, help my neighbor get something to eat. I mean, wow. she's always putting herself, I'm always putting others before her own, wow. um, her own agenda. Yeah. And so that, you know, that, I think she really, really influenced me in that respect to, to be involved in medicine and healthcare, yeah. um, you know, being a caregiver. I mean, she wasn't. She didn't go to medical school or anything, but in her own way, she's really been a person that cares for others. So yeah. that's
2: how you ended up wanting to study in the health. The I health?
0: think so. I think I connected, you know, my interest in science with mm. that whole kind of um, compassion and 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 looking out for others and trying to trying to help others out when they're in need. So I think she instilled that in me, and also being the oldest, mm. looking out for my brother and sister. I think I think overall, as I look back, what really motivated me, I think that was key.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. And so you you
1: said uh, your interest in science. Mm-hmm. Have you always been interested in science?
0: I think I was. Ref- you know, when we were chatting earlier, I, I didn't really, I didn't really ever see myself in this. You know, I didn't yeah. really grow up as oh, I want to be a doctor. You know, yeah. oh, I want. I I didn't actually connect yeah. any of that. I really just was always kind of when I was in school, kind of nerdy in school, mm-hmm. and I just gravitated toward that because I saw how you can directly apply knowledge. Um, of that scientific method mm. directly to, to getting people healthy. Right. And yeah. I think we've seen a lot of that in during this time right. where we've just made scientific advances and it's just helped us get through this whole time.
1: Right. So, so you've always been kind of studious, kind of like attracted to learning. Uh, do you remember... Um, any moments when you were young where you realized like, I'm pretty good at this learning stuff and this this study. Yeah.
0: You know, um, I, I skipped a couple grades in elementary. Um, I remember doing like spelling bees. I was always, you know, doing well. And, uh, Yeah, I think. I mean, I wasn't like a Doogie Howser or anything. Yeah, almost. um, (laughs) Maybe. I I think. um, I mean, I was pretty. I was pretty lucky. I had great teachers that looked out for me and said, "Hey, you know, you got something going on here. You should do it." And like I said, I did rebel. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm glad that you know I I was able to you know use use maybe some God-given talents to, yeah. to, to do to do well for people. Did
2: you have any other interests besides uh, being in the medical field, in the health field?
0: I did look at other things. Um, I looked into law for for a little while. I looked into some, you know, like humanities type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I just always kind of came back to medicine.
2: So it's always been about helping people then?
0: I think so. Yeah. I think when I really reflect on it, I think, obviously you you want to be like your parents right Mm. I mean whether we know it or not Mm. (laughs) like you know it's kind of deep it's kind of deep because like um I was it was funny because my sister was kind of telling me speaking of family she was kind of saying um she's like Eric I think I think I'm I'm becoming like mom Mm -hmm. and I was like oh you're just you're just learning that now (laughs) it's like you've always kind of been like her and and as I reflect on my own path it's kind of like wow you know yeah I think obviously they're there. So they're, Mm. they're your first role models, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't think anybody gets into the medical field if they don't like to help people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There's better ways to do things. Trust me. (laughs) I mean, being in Silicon Valley, there's better ways to do stuff. I mean, you really have to be dedicated and it's tough, especially, you know, I keep referring to this time, but it's challenging and, uh, but it's rewarding. I love what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it's challenging. It's a challenge.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, um, Let's go back to um, when you got when you went back to the South Side Now, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's kind of how we got to know each right, other right, through, right. through a mutual friend. Yes. shout out to Josh Burger, hey, right? Yeah, Burger Boys. Yeah, <laughs> so the Burger Boys, awesome, awesome group uh, group of uh, brothers. Um, but so you go back to you go back to South Side, mm-hmm. right? And how did you meet? How did you and Josh meet?
0: We met actually during like a football game oh okay. where he likes telling the story i think we almost got in like a fight because like i said <laughs> i i grew up in downtown yeah. so everything was like rough you know yeah virginia horseshoe everything was all fighting and you know just survival yeah and so i go to the south side and it's like you know like everybody's like getting along i'm like what is this you know what i mean you yeah. gotta we gotta get some edge to this yeah. so it's like a football game and i guess he kind of whatever some contact and i was like no man hey what's up you yeah. know i was like quick to do that and so we almost got in a fight and then um we just ended up you know uh, getting to know each other and have been really really good friends best friends and uh, to this day how long uh, has it been now? oh man data <laughs> uh, man I, it's going on 30 years i mean That's you're talking crazy. about yeah you're, you're, it's a while <laughs> it's yeah. a long time but um you know i like to keep good people around me yeah Josh is a good guy. Like to hold on to the family already. Exactly. You know, know, they say
2: 30 years. Oh my goodness. I mean, there's
0: family. I don't talk to, you know what I mean? There's family. I think they say, what is it? Friends are the family you choose. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so this group has always been a really, really, and they've always supported me. You've always supported me. Your family's always supported me burger family's always support i mean i could not do this alone i mean i want to stand up here and try to say oh yeah i did all this stuff that that you read by myself but no like like i said a lot of people have really really helped me out at key moments and i'm really grateful for all that
1: yeah they say blood makes you related love makes you family there you go yeah 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 but also to um this show uh, we want to inspire people to find their true purpose Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. follow their bliss we say but i feel like you've always been in alignment with your purpose in a way Mm -hmm. because you know obviously you skipped a couple grades obviously learning in school was something that was like basically god-given it was like a talent right you know so um you kind of took something that you knew was kind of your lane kind of like what you were put on this earth to do and then you took the lessons from your mother uh as far as being a giver and helping people and you just kind of combine them both and say what's the what's the best career is basically medicine right um and it's funny you say that because um i didn't realize it but so my father i was very close to my father growing up Mm -hmm. and when i was young Mm -hmm. when they say your subconscious is formed Mm -hmm. my father was an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i am certifiably unemployable like I got fired and rehired from two jobs at the same time because <laughs> oh, wow. I told off my boss. You know what nice. I mean? I'm not saying to do that, but um,
0: <laughs> let's just say that... Fire your boss. Yeah, let's just say that my,
1: my genetic makeup mm-hmm. is is more entrepreneurial than employee. Nothing wrong with employee, right? But I'm just saying, I learned that from my dad growing up. Mm-hmm, right? He mm-hmm. ended up an employee like at the end of his life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I was watching and learning and being molded, he was an entrepreneur, right? So I think it's the same thing with your mom. Your mom was always helping... You were just naturally gifted at education and learning. And you said, hey, why not mend these two? And that's straight down the medical field.
0: I was very fortunate to find that purpose. Uh, You know, a lot of people always search for it or never find it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just very grateful, very thankful, very appreciative to everybody that helped me and helped me along. Because I I wanted to give up so many times. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, med school was not easy. I was, you know... It was a kind of a different time too. I I was talking to some medical students and now they're much more supported in terms of their wellness, their health, their mental health, their spirituality. Back, Back then when I was training 10, 15 years ago going through it, I mean, they would be brutal you know it was like bullying and wow and they were just like suck it up i had to go through this yeah. you have to go through this it was kind of like a like hazing military, yeah hazing it military, sounds like a military. <laughs> it's yeah. very militaristic yeah. when you're training in medicine it's very militaristic because there's a hierarchy you okay. have to the the lead doctor trains the doctor then trains the resident that trains the intern you read all my training yeah that trains a medical student that trains a pre-med it's it's very hierarch- hierarchical and Nowadays, what I'm finding in speaking to medical students, I still do some teaching at Stanford, is that they flip the script. It's all about wellness, it's all about them taking care of themselves. Mm. That's great. I'm very physician. You have have to heal thyself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've had to learn it. And we've talked about plant based, we've talked about spirituality, we've talked about traveling. Yeah. All these things to keep yourself balanced in your personal life so that you can find your purpose in your professional life and excel. In your profession, it, it's a constant battle.
2: Yeah. yeah I've had
0: to adjust so many times.
2: It's like uh, you have to nurture your own self, fill your own cup before you can be there for others. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So, so, you said a couple of things. So, first of all, purpose, right? So, I'm very glad. And this is the reason I wanted you on here. So, because I know you're in your purpose, like you're living your purpose. And, like you mentioned, that's very rare for people to actually be doing that. And I think it's because of influences around them from parents, family media that everyone feels they're supposed to do this certain route. And I'll you know, our goal here is to try to move the needle because they say eighty seven percent of people don't like what they do mm-hmm. and ten percent of people hate what they do. Hmm. So that means only three percent of the population actually <laughs> is living their purpose, right? Mm we feel that's wrong. We mm-hmm. feel it needs to be more more towards the middle at least, right? Right. So we wanna bring in people that are living their purpose and, sh- and sharing their story and how they got there. And it wasn't easy, like you said, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though it is your purpose and that's good for people to understand, it's not gonna be easy. It doesn't mean it's just gonna be like rainbows and butterflies and unicorns, right? Absolutely. But you have somehow the energy to make it through the hard times because you are operating in your purpose, right? they say when man finds their purpose, they come alive, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that, right? Absolutely. And then the other thing you mentioned was, I'm so glad you mentioned that the medical field is now leaning towards teaching the people about health and wellness. Because first of all, in the medical field, you're surrounded by sickness, right? right. So uh, depending on what part of it you're in, right? But mm-hmm. still, you know, you come in, people bring their, their, their so it's like a, it's an energy, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if your energy is not, up to par what makes you think you're going to be able to help these other people you know what i mean correct so i appreciate that because one thing that um that i was kind of like i I questioned about the 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 medical industry was that they're so good at treating and medicating but they didn't understand the nutrition and the wellness part of it but now that Mm. you said they're switching to that that's amazing you know what i mean i think that's awesome but you made it through boot camp (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) do you feel like you're it's kind of funny because it's kind of like how you grew up You know what I mean? And you went through horseshoe of medicine (laughs) and now you're on the other side.
0: I mean, I, you know, people, you know, I was no stranger to danger, you know? So a lot of times I was just like, oh, this is easy. You know what I mean? A lot of folks that did not face adversity or that had the, the, whatever, silver spoon Mm -hmm. or that lived in La La Land or wherever, you know, didn't have that. But I was able to somehow overcome and transcend all that in certain times Uh, Stick with it and persevere. Whereas, I mean, there were at least three or four people that dropped out of my med school class, um, Mm -hmm. my first year, or stopped out and didn't come back, or Mm -hmm. came back later, et cetera. It's not easy, like you said. I mean, you hit you hit the nail on the head. It's not easy. So you got to kind of figure out like, is it worth it for me? Is Mm -hmm. is this my true purpose? And once you understand that persevere with whatever yeah. mechanisms yeah to because it is worth it yeah. i mean it is worth it in the end when what, you find your, how find did you
2: that. remind yourself even though you were going through challenges
0: speaking to my family mm. um you know a lot of people gave me tips like you know you write an essay or you write your resume or you write something to be accepted into something a lot of people said well go back and read that mm. what was your original will and testament that why you wanted to be here
2: so it's Remind basically yourself. your why. Yeah. Remind your why. Yourself why your
0: did why. you, yeah. Why did, why are you here? Mm. And a lot of times you get so knocked astray in this boot camp and yeah. you're out in the wild and, and then you ground yourself back and be yeah. like, okay, why am I here? Yeah. Why did I why do I want to do this? And, you know, I, part of it was, like you said, family, your parents, you, you alluded to that and, and your purpose. Mm-hmm. So just, it's important, I think every now and then to ground yourself back to like Mm. why am i in this lane
1: yeah and um you know uh, a couple things you mentioned too which is powerful so you mentioned mental toughness right Mm -hmm. a lot of times we don't realize why things happen to Mm -hmm. us and maybe of course it sucked at the time when you were growing up in the hood and you know you were just surviving and you know helping your family Mm -hmm. but later like i love the steve jobs quote he said you cannot connect the dots looking backwards. I mean looking forwards, you can only connect them looking backwards. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now you can look backwards and go like, oh, so this helped me build mental toughness, which made me tougher than most of the other students to get through medical school, which put me where I'm at now.
0: Right. Uh, I think it's you're you're the sum of your experiences. Mm-hmm. Like you're exactly where you should be and your journey. Or your distance traveled, every stop along the way, everything you absorb puts you where you need to be. Yeah. And so I always kind of looked back and reflected and made sure that I integrated that. And I think over time, y- 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 there's some clarity. You know, you yeah. look through that lens and see why did this happen and think, you know, people always say things happen for a reason and you may not know at the moment Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, this is, but in the end, you know, you find that, Hey, every experience you have, every person you meet, every experience, I think just adds to your, your being and your, your substance. And, and like you are referring to that, that energy does transfer. So I, I truly believe that.
1: Yeah. So, um, let's go back. So when did, when did you really start to like excel in, in scholastics? Like, like when did everybody know, okay, Eric is going somewhere?
0: I think in elementary, I think I tested into gifted and talented. Okay. When I was in elementary. Okay. And I had several people just tell me, tell my mom and like I said, I didn't really know it. I was like into sports. <laughs> just you know, I was yeah, like, I, I, I was, I was like, I want to go play football. I want to yeah. go mm. play basketball. I, you know, I just yeah. want to run around and
2: I, <laughs> all that energy,
0: right? All that energy. I was like, I just want to like be like a sports person. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna be whatever. Um, so yeah, it was just that realization that, you know, when they tested me and they did all these things and it, it just, it just came out, That's and I didn't really i was like okay so Giffen, that was fine you
2: said Gift and talented
0: it was a program called gifted and talented Giffen. education education gate okay. back in the day um so i would have special classes mm. um, when i was in elementary they'd bus me to a middle school to okay. take advanced classes mm. um yeah so i mean you know i just thank the man above you know he just gave me that and yeah i'm hopefully putting it to good use yeah i believe you
1: are
2: yeah you are definitely Um,
1: so when did you start taking ownership of your of your god-given gift for for studying because i know you said you wanted to do this you want to do that Mm -hmm. but it's not until you take ownership of it and say okay this is what i'm supposed to do when did that happen do you know
0: i think it was at that transition where i got i was finished like rebelling Mm. i was like man this juvenile hall like (laughs) Trying to be a graffiti artist or trying to join a gang. <laughs> this yeah. is not going anywhere. And so it just really, when I went to go live with my dad and I was in a new school, that I finally just said, Hey, I got to do this. I got to hit the books. I got to go to college. I mm-hmm. got to kind of find my way. And then I just started believing in myself and I just started, um you know, really seeing that I can really, you know, hang with the brainiac kids. Yeah. You know, because maybe this is a theme to touch on. But you know, growing up where I grew up, there weren't many role models that you referred to like your mom and my mom in tech. Yeah. There weren't many Latino role models. Back in those days, mm-hmm. you know, you saw the Latino guy on TV was a gangster, was right. the drug in the dealer, movies, the like narco, the, in the, the narco, exactly yeah. the whatever, the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, um, so for 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 um, people of color. Yeah. You know, you don't see the people of color that are scientists or physicians or lawyers or politics, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that that was that mentality back in the day. And I had to kind of accept to myself and kind of um, get past that, that I could do As good if not better than anyone else and just believing in myself and accepting accepting my role and accepting my talent um, and pursuing it and eventually the colleges started calling you know the the scholastic associations started calling and then I started really to believe it like hey I can I can take this to the next level I could really do something with this and and like I said a lot of people helped me out different teachers taking me aside saying hey what do you want to do like you i really like the way you write or i really think you're one of the best students we have here what do you want to do with that and so um mentors are key yeah mentors Mm -hmm. were key
1: that's a that's a very powerful statement because i remember i still struggle i don't know i've never really been good at math i'm more creative you know Mm -hmm, mm but i had a horrible math teacher in high school he actually got fired halfway through the year That's oh, bad man. and i still I str- believe it i, I believe still it. struggle with math to this day because of that mm-hmm. so um but you know it's important you say that because you know you we know each other you mm-hmm. don't see yourself you're humble right but even for me from my perspective like it's it's very impressive to see you where you're at now because we grew up together you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nobody around us was doing what you're doing you know what i mean (laughs) like while we were partying and wasting our life away in our 20s this guy was studying and and mastering his craft and all that kind of stuff and i think i remember we were like 17 and we were just talking and i don't remember exactly the conversation but i was like well watch he's gonna be doing all this he's not having all the fun that we're having but when he hits that age and he graduates and he becomes a doctor then he's gonna be having a lot more fun than all of us right and we've talked about oh, it man. but no i think that's important especially as a latino mm-hmm. coming from san jose and obviously being born in not even the nicest area of san jose right mm-hmm. coming from a, a a broken home you know single mother like you had all the chips stacked against you mm-hmm. right you had all the things that said you're going to be a statistic right mm-hmm, and instead mm-hmm. you flipped the switch and became like an outlier which is awesome. You know what I mean? So did you graduate from high school early? I could
0: have, um, like at 16, I started taking college classes. Okay. So they were like, you're done. Um, and I didn't even know, man, I honestly, like a lot of the stuff I kind of, by chance, I'm just like, I'm going to keep studying. I'm Mm going to just do what they say. Mm -hmm. And the chips were going to fall. I hope this fit, you know? So I was doing like double work, extra work I didn't really know so when I got to Stanford I was already basically a junior wow I basically could have graduated like in two years
1: when you first were a freshman yeah I have
0: enough credit to be a junior and I didn't even know it (laughs) I was like oh this is what I need to do you know what I mean you're like working harder yeah Yeah. Like I already did this I was like and they're like what were you trying to do And I was like, I don't know, I was just (laughs) trying to, I was just trying to, I accidentally graduated from Stanford. Yeah, I I was like, no, literally, I remember they were looking at my transcript, and they're like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, I thought this was what everybody did, (laughs) i was like, I'm here just trying to, you know, um, pull my weight i mean yeah. i am not even know i supposed to be here you know yeah. I mean, i'm just a brown man in america yeah ahead <laughs> of the game that's amazing. i didn't even know um because so, i started taking college classes when i was 16 wow. mm. um and i remember going to night school with people working jobs and everything but they were basically in my high school they're just basically like we don't have anything else for you and i just kind of went and did my yeah. thing and so when i showed up i had all this credit
1: so you basically just put your put your head down and got to work
2: you dove yourself, man and you just study against that i did
0: i did yeah i did for a while really, what did you really,
2: do uh, to have fun
0: <laughs> those times i mean these guys were always around so i yeah. mean we there were times we got together and, we would and, drag them out mm-hmm. yeah we have a good time oh, wow, i mean yeah i mean i don't want to act like i was a monk or i was a hermit yeah, yeah. i mean we had a good time but i mean i was focused yeah because i i kind of had that mentality of like hey i'm here i'm gonna take advantage of it mm. you know um And I think back in those days, too, there was a lot of, man, this was a different time. I mean, now they have like first gen programs. They have all these programs for students from where I'm from. But back then, it was all like, oh, you're just affirmative action. You're lucky to be here. Wow. You know you're just you're you're filling a seat cuz yeah. of your skin color or your whatever.
1: Jeez, that, that's what they would tell you?
0: Well, I mean it was implied. I mean people I mean believe it or not no, people I, still I, say I it. believe People it. still yeah. say it. I yeah. mean people I mean you see the issues we have, right? Yeah. These are stuff people don't really talk yeah. about. And yeah. and I face cuz I work with the public, right? So I see yeah. I walk in and a lot of people, you know, mistake me for are you the Spanish interpreter? <laughs> Wow. Are you the custodian? I'm, I'm being legit. Are you serious? I'm being 100 with you. Wow. You're smarter than you look. I get all these, like, what they now call microaggressions. Jeez. Where people have a vision of who their doctor should be. Exactly. Mm. And I'm not Marcus Welby. I'm not Doogie Hauser. I'm yeah. not, you know, yeah. I'm this. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> so, Dr. Eric Cabral. That's yeah. You learned, yeah. You know? I, I mean, don't
2: judge a book by its cover. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay. So um, I deal with that, and it's fine um you know I, I i really hope one day things would be different but i mean like i was saying, i didn't really know i was poor till i got to stanford then i'm yeah. like i am poor yeah because <laughs> you saw these folks level. are these folks are on another you level you know what let's
1: talk about that yeah. first of all you need uh kudos to you man oh man because thank you. you're thank you you're, you're you're actually a role model for young latinos who are intelligent or maybe they want to be like all it takes is one right you're like the one that broke the four minute mile you know what i mean and you mentioned focus like Mm -hmm. that is what lacks in any young person is focus like they're not (laughs) focused on anything but what's going on that weekend you know what i mean yeah (laughs) so focus and hard work Mm -hmm. were kind of like your mantra Mm -hmm. uh and then we'll get into stanford but where did that focus come from because it's very hard for a young person to be focused
0: I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think back. I think I think part of it was I saw, you know, coming from here, coming from San Jose, I saw what the other path yeah. led to. Okay, mm-hmm. It was very real. I mean, you and I have friends that were yeah. probably in gangs and past. I mean, my, we know people.
1: My cousin was lost to the system. Exactly. So yeah.
0: Exactly. So I'm like, I am not going to be there. Like, that mm-hmm. scared me straight. Okay. So I was like, I like flipped flip the script all the way to the other side where I'm like I'm I'm like there's nothing could go wrong if I'm in here in this library studying <laughs> Good, like, you. Yeah, I, the I, library I cannot studying. get shot or yeah. stabbed you know the no librarian drive is going on there's the library. no driving you know the librarian's not going to stab me yeah. you know I, I have a I have a couple extra library books you no know? one's yeah. going to steal your books no you know? one's, no. one's going to steal my stuff like <laughs> I said I mean it was real for me I mean our house got broken into I seen people get jumped I got mm-hmm. jumped I got mm-hmm. beat up in downtown yeah. so I, was, I mean we yeah. saw fights we yeah. saw this gunshot I mean, we lived through this crazy time back when San Jose was, before it was Silicon Valley. It's weird
1: to think about the stuff we've been through and how, it's like, I don't know, man. I just remember watching shootings and people like, and I'm like, how did I not even get affected by that? Exactly, (laughs)
0: exactly. So I think part of it was that. And then part of it was, like you said, I kind of had that purpose. And I'm like, in order to be a doctor, I really have to study. I really Mm -hmm. have to. And then I think part of it, too, uh, which I kind of alluded to, it was always like I got to kind of prove that I could hang with these folks that are coming from these yeah. backgrounds. And I, I and, you know, they would literally tell me, like, why are you studying so hard? Why are you like, what are you yeah, trying to do? My like? dad paid for everything. I don't exactly. have to study. You know, you I, know? Was, yeah. I was on the sailing team. You know, my mm. dad photoshopped me into the. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know. So, on the, Yeah. Let's talk about that real quick. Sure. Because, you know, this is a different world right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like stanford is no joke like Mm -hmm. uh you know we grew up in the bay area so stanford's kind of like oh stanford right but Mm -hmm. really in the in the academia in the university realm stanford's like legit
0: right it's a great great i mean i'm really proud of my training i mean i'm i'm really really uh honored that i was able to spend time there and really learn from the best Mm -hmm. i mean really i mean i think they train me to be ready for anything so yeah
1: so talk about the east side or downtown south side hispanic kid now in the realm of stanford i don't want to i don't want to use uh a, a, a nationalities but let's just say the realm of people who maybe come from more affluent right families and and so what was that like that transition it was
0: a culture shock like i said i didn't know i was poor Mm-hmm. Like poor, poor till I went to Stanford. Right. Because you had folks showing up driving Mercedes, you know, as a freshman right you know and my mom dropped me off in our beat-up van and i was <laughs> like okay like all right this is, you know we're going on vacation to bali we're going yeah. on vacation to paris you're like we're going camping. and i'm like i just want to stay here i yeah. don't want to go back to san jose like yeah. you mean i have to leave the dorm I'm like yeah. why can't i just stay here and they would be like no you gotta go for spring break and i'm like i have nowhere to go yeah i'm like where did you go oh i went to bali i went to Skiing and aspen i went you know this paris <laughs> i was in switzerland And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) You're, you're different. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, um, on the real, uh, it was, it was, um, opening, And like I said, it just, it just drove me just to work hard. And, um, you know, it, it was a supportive institution. I had friends, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, but like it, it, they were just on a, because they went to all the best schools already Mm
1: -hmm.
0: from so they went to prep schools yeah Yeah, they went to private tutors prep schools um, academic coaches um you know boarding schools so like i got there and they're like oh well um we'll we'll have you turn in a um you know 10 page paper next week and i'm like what i've never written more than like a two-page paper coming yeah. out of san jose public schools yeah. you want a 10 page is that single space or double space yeah. you know? i was say like, i was like i don't even have a laptop i don't even have a computer like how am i and they're like oh you print it out and you email it to your professor yeah. and you're talking about the late 90s where yeah
1: when computers are brand we, new we,
0: we we didn't really have all that yeah mm-hmm. so i had to sit in like the little computer cluster with the broken computers <laughs> and all my other classmates were had the latest yeah. mac the latest i didn't even have a computer dude i showed up to stanford without a computer wow if you can imagine that that's crazy the generational yeah and gap that i was uh, under and i i didn't even know how to write a 10 page page. i never even knew how to print that long that far that many pages so i had to learn really really quick and and i talked to some of my friends that went to these elite prep schools you know um on the east coast that cost forty thousand dollars a year in Mm -hmm. high school and they're like oh yeah i had a 10 page paper due every week you know they're basically redoing stuff they had already seen Mm -hmm. books they had already read they knew how to speak to professors i was so intimidated Mm -hmm. to even speak to a stanford professor i was like why do they want to you know they're like oh yeah go to office hours and and I was like, in or off? And I didn't know any of this stuff. Like it was just, it was just a culture shock to me. Wow! It was just like another world that I had no idea how to navigate.
2: How did you adapt eventually? I
0: just, you know, it's like being trial by fire. I was like, I gotta get these grades to mm-hmm. get into medical school, and I I gotta keep up. I mean, I'm not looking. I'm not going back to San Jose. You know what I mean? Um, I just like like I said, I just hit the books. I just hit the books really hard and, um, found people and found groups and, um, just went for it.
1: So your mantra, again, hard work and focus.
0: I wish, I wish yeah. I could, I'd tell, i tell students, I'm like, I wish I can, um, make it easy for you. I wish yeah. I, I wish there was an easier way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's the tough way and it, and, and, and you can't, you can't go wrong. Yeah. You can't go wrong if you, if you learn more. Yeah. They say hard yeah. work
1: beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So you kind of just outworked everybody.
0: I think in the end, I, I kind of did. Because, you know, like Stanford, too, um, like you were referring to, there were a lot of these um, really wealthy. And it was like their first time being away from home. Yeah. And I think that was their time where they used it to rebel. Ah. Whereas just, I had rebelled. Were, yeah. So I would walk in and like people were like smoking weed and. Yeah. And hanging out and drinking beer. And I'm like, dude, you're at Stanford. I I couldn't even believe it. I was like, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with those things, right? There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. You know, have fun. Have a good time. We all need to have fun. But I was like, dude, I left that life in high school, dude. Like, I, I knew guys that were, you know, smoking you know whatever or drinking in elementary school you know what i mean like it was hardcore people and so i didn't i didn't need all that i didn't need to be like oh well now i have my freedom and now i'm away from my family and now i can rebel and now i could have a good time it's like i i already kind of lived that so i was and it's important to seek balance like going Mm -hmm. back i wish i would have done more to kind of you know be more social and stuff and you know i have still have friends from college but um i really didn't need all that so i really kind of just you know just hit the book and i knew it was going to be a long haul i knew i was going to have you know a uh, social circle with m- fellow medical students mm-hmm. with my fellow re- and now with my colleagues um so i i kind of always just try to get all past that
1: so um when when did you um like when did you start to feel like okay i belong with these people like i like this is my place like was there a point or like a transition where you're like, all right I made it i'm I'm a Stanford you know student like I'm gonna ace this thing i'm gonna was there a point where you kind of felt like you fit in finally?
0: I think after the first year, okay, I think I finally felt, okay, well, I get the hang of this um I'm doing pretty well and probably my sophomore junior year okay i felt like i pretty can, quickly though i think so you know like i said i try to it's like trial by fire yeah it's like being thrown in the pool and be like yeah. hey, you swing or swim man yeah. sink so or swim
2: you felt like you did you feel like you fitted more or you stood out which would which would you rather be um
0: i've always kind of referred to it as like the pink poodle like they're just folks that just never really knew where to put me mm. you know they just who you know who's this guy you know what I mean it's it's just different I just think I was just different and I got a lot of flack you know because I wasn't necessarily always hanging out with like the the people of color Mm -hmm. and then like the other folks didn't really know where to put me either because you know I wasn't really like them or didn't look like them or or didn't come from the same family so I just kind of did my own thing Um, I ended up studying abroad I'm Isaac um, read some of my bio. I ended up going to Mexico for some time, which was really eye opening at that time. Uh, spent six months in England.
1: Talk about that, because Oxford's a, that's like not like some funny little joke. That's like some serious stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I mean the major leagues. <laughs> yeah, so I I was kind of like I was just kind of listening to the students. You know, I just listened to them talk about all their trips. Talk about they were doing this, they were doing that. It's kind of like. You know the the tide just raises all the boats. Yeah, rising so, tide raises all ships. There you go. That's that's better said. Um, so I was like, oh, oh you're doing this? I could do this too. You know, I was oh, you're going to Oxford? Oh, I'm gonna apply too. I'm gonna go too. I'm like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for it. I don't know. How I'm gonna get in. I don't know. Yeah. I want to do And and they accepted me, and I went out there and i just kind of listened to what they were i was just kind of mimicking because i didn't know any better yeah i was like what we can go study somewhere else what you're gonna get scholarship to do this i just kind of was listening and just you know all these privileged students that had all these connections and 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 this and that you know they were helpful too i mean don't get me wrong i'm not trying to say like i was just this lone wolf doing all this stuff but you know um but I was just kind of like, hey, if they're doing it, I could do it. Why not? <laughs> What's yeah. the worst they could say? Yeah. No or whatever. Okay, fine. I'm going to try it. That's the that power. sounds cool. <laughs> That's the power of associations, though.
1: Because even though you, didn't, you weren't familiar, like it was new to you, the fact of you being in that sea of affluent people who have a way different life than the regular people, right? It kind of made you realize it opened up this new, this new uh, realm. For you you
0: know absolutely
1: so talk but talk about oxford what was that like like where did you stay like what was the studying like like what it was, was it
0: was wild um you know it was uh it was t- it was actually tougher than stanford really because they had all these traditions yeah. so you you had to so like i went from okay well now you have to write this 10 page paper to they would actually you were assigned a tutor. And so you had to write the paper and then you had to present the paper to your tutor. So you actually had to read, read your essay. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like when you read something, it's not necessarily how you write it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I just learned how to write a 10 page essay. Now I need to know how to present a Mm -hmm. 10 and I was like, Oh man, like I thought I was just getting the hang of this. Now they're flipping the script again and you couldn't check books out of the library. Because they're like, well, not even the queen herself can check books out of this 14th century Bodleian library. And I was like, oh, so mean, I'm going to stay here and whatever. I can't even check the book out. I can't even take it with me. And they're like, no. Um, it, it, so it, it, it just took me to another level. Yeah.
2: So Oxford is in England.
0: Oxford, England. Gotcha. Yeah. It was a college called Brazenose. And then they gave us student housing. And then we would eat with uh the the college students so we we're like a member of the college so they had like high meal where you got dressed up and you ate with your professors mm-hmm. which was weird
1: so it was like harry potter basically
2: i was about to say all i can envision is harry potter yeah.
0: it was a bit like harry potter uh, you know to be honest with you it because i was this hardcore student i think even More, I I was kind of alluding to. I didn't really know what I was doing, so I always kind of read more into it than what was assigned. Or, um you know, I never really got into Harry Potter, but I recently did, like a year ago, and it's very similar. Yeah, it's very especially when I went to medical school. Uh It it reminds me of medical school a lot when I when I started reading and saw the movie of the first Harry Potter. Yeah. Um. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I've only think seen one or two movies, but just the fact you're explaining, like when you guys all eat at the same time, yeah. I just picture like this long, huge, old school table. With it was really so. Mm-hmm. One thing I love about uniforms
2: Europe, as well.
0: Yes, you had to you had to dress a certain way, and you wow. had to wear like a little um, like a little cape almost. Yeah, it's like, it was Harry, like Potter. Harry Potter. It was Potter. <laughs> the one there thing you were go. missing was a wand. And there, there you go. Just kidding,
1: Oxford or brazenose, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, that was just the the funny thing about that. So, um, so the Oxford experience. What what was some of the valuable lessons, or maybe something that you took from that experience?
0: I think just the history of you know learning and how you learn. know different people learn in different ways and i think just being exposed to a different system just gave me that perspective just appreciated it more so i think just respecting the fact that everyone learns differently Mm -hmm. and you know respecting the process and respecting the history yeah of learning um i think that really brought that home for me
1: they kind of gave you the application part of it because learning is one thing but applying is another Right. So they made you learn and write, but then they said, "All right, now here you go. Now recite this to me." Now, Correct. So it kind of like made you understand it in a different way. Is that kind of what it was?
0: Correct. How you present it, your tone, your mm-hmm. everything to do with it. You know, um, like you said, it's it's one thing to write, but it's another thing to present it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so it 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 just kind of got different neurons firing.
1: Mm -hmm. that's a good point so like um my previous career you know the financial industry what i appreciate the most about it is that it taught me how to be a great public speaker like Mm -hmm. i think that's why i'm doing this like i used to be afraid to be in front of a camera i used to be afraid to talk to people i was not a good listener i always talk over people (laughs) you know but because of that experience the last 10 years i just really i i was forced to like kind of like you Mm -hmm. do presentations in front of 50 a thousand like all these people and that i mean at first you're terrified you feel like you're gonna die Mm -hmm. and then it kind of goes away goes away goes away then you're like oh i could do this you know what i mean uh but i think it's very interesting how they just kind of said okay we're gonna teach you how to learn we're gonna teach you how to write what you learn but now we're also gonna teach you how to speak and present what you learn which is like a whole different ball game
0: it's important because you know communication is key Mm -hmm. in every aspect And how you communicate, how you emphasize. Public speaking is a great skill, Mm -hmm. and like you, I was also, you know, very shy, very intimidated. Like I said, I was like, why, you know, I kind of talk myself out of even speaking to professors or raising my hand or like when we had small groups. You know, um, when you go to these uh, private schools and boarding schools, that's all they do, and that was part of my grade. So Mm -hmm. I suffered because I was just too. Nervous. I was too self-conscious. I was like, what if I say something stupid? Then they realize that I'm, I think they call it imposter syndrome now where you don't feel like you're supposed to be there. So you just stay quiet and hope that nobody notices you or Mm. nobody points you out. Like, and so that was a big thing. Um, and it was like part of my grade. So I suffered. And so, you know, I had to compensate for that and overcome it and. You know, person to person communication is so key and it's it is a skill that you have to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important.
1: Yeah. So when people see that on your resume, does that like put you like on a different level?
0: I, 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 I think so. I mean, I, I get a lot of comments on it, you know, because like I said, I work with the public. I mean, there's days I see 30, 40 patients Uh and it just helps you connect with people. I think that's in the end. I think people, what I learned over time, and you were were referring to this process of how you have building blocks and every experience builds who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think now that I've done this for a while, this medicine um, career is, I think in the end, it's a lot about the art. You know, people don't want to learn or hear all these technical terms Mm -hmm. or these fancy schmancy Mm -hmm. medical terminology they want to know about you as a person and Mm -hmm. they want to before you can get to their brain or you know their motivation you have to get at their heart yeah and Mm -hmm. so i think whatever helps me connect with people Mm -hmm. and i think that helps me in what i do
1: yeah they say people don't care what you know until they know that you care
0: correct so before you know coming out of Sam, i was always like very technical like yeah. oh this is this and this is this. and then you know people people just yeah. roll their eyes yeah. like what are you yeah. talking about And yeah. i was just a young doctor and yeah. i was like ah okay well i that's what i learned you know yeah. i'm just telling you what i learned and you know the people want to feel like they connect
1: but i think also to your upbringing gives you that ability because you had a different lifestyle like you, these are normal people right these are not you know uh, affluent uh, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh, boarding school kids that we're going to be doctors. These are just your normal, everyday people, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to be able to know how to connect with normal, everyday people. right? And you know, if you never had that life, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's great to have that affluent, you know, successful lifestyle. But it's harder for you to connect with the general public. But because you, you had both, right? You had how you grew up, and then you had the trial by fire culture shock. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you had the education, and it's kind of like a, a great blend of all of them.
0: Right. And it's funny because, uh, you know, almost to a certain extent, I try to negate that part. I try to like let go of it so that I could blend and be this super trained physician. Yeah. Yeah. But in the end, what really I think connected me to people better is that I have that. Yeah. But like I don't I don't like start with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When
0: I need to bring it out, I can. Yeah. But I deal with like the everyday like like we're just speaking now we're yeah. just speaking you know just about everyday things yeah so i make it a point for every patient and like i said there's sometimes i see 30 to 40 patients you know it's now I, i've been doing this 10 years yeah and so you so see you a lot master of people your craft basically i hope so i'm yeah. trying
1: to they say 10 years or ten <laughs> thousand so, know? yeah. hours.
0: i try to learn something specific about each person i meet so that when i see them again or when i encounter them or when we're discussing something i have That's something to hold on to whether it's what they do in their free time what they like where they traveled where they're from i literally will start with that for the first five minutes of just getting to know or reconnecting with them and then we'll talk about the medical part yeah and truly i think now with that art of how to practice Mm -hmm. medicine that my art you know there's folks that come by sometimes and you know Yes, they have something going on, but like they become almost like friends or, yeah, or friends family, or family. Yeah. and mm-hmm. they come and they're like sometimes. Well, I just want to come and see you, you know, because we're just chopping it up and having a good yeah. time, and and it makes it, it it helps me prevent burnout. Yeah, because if I just become a machine and be like, oh, I'm going to see 35 people and I'm going to make this and this, and yeah. this robotic, mm-hmm. then that burns you out because mm-hmm. then you just you you're losing you're losing the the, the, the human, big picture, yeah, the, the human, human aspect. Mm-hmm. And once I started focusing more on that, believe it or not, that, that, you know, re-inspired me, reinvigorated me to, you know, to keep pursuing this. So I just found that trying to develop that human connection and really finding out something personal about each patient has helped prevent me from it just becoming robotic. And I think that's what in the end medicine is, yeah. is it, it, going back to that whole compassion thing is that no matter what your education is or where you went to school or whatever, I think people really in their time of need just want you to be compassionate. Yeah. And they want right. a friend, and they want somebody to believe that they're gonna get better. Yeah. And so I think for some time early in my career, I kind of negated that, thinking I just had to be this super technical mm-hmm. person and a physician, and that honestly turns people off. Mm-hmm. And the more I worked on the art and worked on getting to know, you know. Who would have thought getting to know your patient, you know, yeah. um, it can sometimes get lost in all the new technologies and biomedical advances we have. And 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 I'm appreciative of that. But most people don't want to hear all that jargon. They yeah. want really to know that you want they that you know something about them. Mm-hmm. Mm. connection everything's about connection correct and energy and yeah. all that so like well. in,
1: in my previous career they always said never start an appointment before you connect with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they said spend 45 yeah. minutes connecting with them five minutes on the appointment so right
0: yeah wow. that's awesome you figure that out
2: well speaking, that is
0: true that is very yeah. very true so i try to do that yeah you that said is, 45 key. minutes they, i can't do 45 no, <laughs> they said
1: <laughs> it's an exaggeration but <laughs> yeah they said do not even, like, the CEO would be like, don't even start the presentation mm. until you've connected with them. You just have to find a shared reality.
0: Ex- exactly. Yeah. It's
2: the same way with uh, when I do photography. I do connect with people first. Yeah. And then let the fun begin after that. Pretty it's much. an icebreaker. And, yeah. and they don't
0: like when you just jump into it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, you know, a, an appointment is X amount of time. I'm not going to reveal my, yeah. my appointment times, but my patients are watching. Yeah. <laughs> but X amount of time. So I'll, I'll spend... 80% of that allotted time connecting. Mm-hmm. Like
2: mm-hmm.
0: even something like the weather, sport or something they're wearing. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll try to find anything. Shared yeah. reality. Anything. I love Shared that. Reality. Any. You, you have all these names and you name yeah. things. I like that. I have a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> that's why, <laughs> that's why that's, that's
1: awesome. That's what I awesome. like, I like I your jacket. Oh, you know, <laughs> the first thing
2: I noticed when I saw you. Yeah, it was it like, it's your like your an jacket.
0: icebreaker. It's an icebreaker. <laughs> and so people like that. And then,
1: it has to be genuine, though, people. Yeah. Don't just be like,
0: I like your <laughs>
1: shirt. You <know>? anyway. <laughs> exactly. Really do Don't like be fake. Jacket. Yeah, i thank you. Thank you. For thank sure. you.
2: Um, Well, speaking of human connection, I can be very observing. Yeah. And I've noticed that you're wearing two watches. Uh, yeah, I didn't even notice <laughs> Why that. Why is that?
0: Two watches. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, keeping it authentic, um, one is literally for time. One, <laughs> the, the this watch is for time and my other watch is an is is a watch that keeps a lot of information mm. so we were kind of catching up earlier and um you know i've gotten into different things like crypto and the stock market so one is to keep track of the stocks mm. <laughs> um, yeah, without having to go me. into my phone and you know because you got to keep an eye on certain things
1: well that is a phone it's just a phone on your wrist correct uh, correct yeah. there you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: Interesting, because I do have an Apple Watch, but I like it so much. It's to um, record my steps. To me, I use it for fitness purposes and also besides the time. Absolutely. But I don't like texting back or anything like that. Like once my phone's away, it's away. Like It's a distraction sometimes.
1: Well, phones have become everything. It's not a phone. It's everything in
0: one. It's
2: a computer. Yeah, it's a
0: computer, basically. Yeah. Correct. And so... You know, a lot of times I'm in surgery as well. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get a, a message or a text, or like you said, it's a phone so that I don't have to, you know, go to my phone when I'm in surgery because so I'm scrubbed in. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, that makes know, sense. Yeah. I have all every, you know, everything so I can kind of glance at, mm. at certain information. Right, right. Um, so that's that's the two watch thing.
2: That's a great, great tool to have. It's awesome. That
1: makes sense, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's it may be weird but it's
0: functional it's for not me. weird
1: it's yeah, i don't tool.
2: think it's weird i think it's unique it's weird you if, you, I was if you curious, like a doctor you know what <laughs> yeah i was curious like why do you have two watches it's on funny yeah.
1: i don't even wear watches anymore but when i did none of them ever worked it was just for the look <laughs> people are like your watch doesn't work i'm like yeah i know i can't even tell the time anyways there you go <laughs> and it, you know
0: it's part of it too i mean i can't i can't um you know i don't want to play the doctor card but yeah. it is hard to quote unquote escape so even though I, i'm not in clinic or you know i'm still getting my nurses are messaging me mm. you know patients message you you know stuff going on there so even though if you're so, not there you're there
1: so you're always mm. kind of on call in correct i
0: mean it's it, it i hate to say it i don't want to discourage people because it's gotten better but it, it's almost kind of almost wearing a beeper you know yeah. back mm. in the day we used to have the, beeper. Yeah. the yeah. doctors have the beeper hey, or other people
1: if you guys know beepers <laughs> leave it in the comments type beeper
0: there you go.
2: <laughs> and Send us
0: a photo. Yeah, <laughs> we have to message with beepers, and that was old school. Yeah, but remember, That's that, 90s, right? that was in the nineties, right? I remember the 90s. those. You could put yeah. a one four three it was yeah. I love the codes. you beeper yeah, codes <laughs> yeah. backwards and stuff. But um, I, I guess it's for information, um, communication, and then the other one is literally I rely more to tell time, and i have just always been fascinated with the watches mm. in yeah. general. Just, watches are cool. Just a you know the the art of a watch, the technology of a watch. So um that's that's the thing. <laughs> that's
1: definitely technology right there.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: But let's talk about that cuz you did mention that you don't want to scare people off of the doctor, but you have fun. Like you enjoy your life. <laughs> right? Like I every time I see you you're either working or you're in some other country. So I'm like, jeez, this guy. So let's talk about travel a little bit, right? Cuz I know you love to travel. How many countries have you been to?
0: Over 40 now, I think. 40, oh. yeah, wow. over 40. And how now. and how
1: long of a period?
0: Well, my first big one was in college as i mentioned going to england yeah so that i was able to get a lot of countries in while but I was not just in. any
1: england oxford yeah, yeah. Oxford. Oh, there you go yeah
0: um that's that's when really it started
1: so what what, what countries did you visit, visit when you were in
0: england uh we went to um man back in the day i used to like take buses because you couldn't afford the flights and <laughs> So I took a bus to Scotland. I took a ferry to Ireland. Wow. I went to Wales. I Is it really as train. windy as they say in it's Ireland? It's windy and windy and cold. Wow. It is windy and cold and dark. Wow. And, and dark. Dark. Like
2: gloomy. Dark. Well,
0: it's gloomy, yeah, because the mm. sun goes down by like three. It's always cloudy. Four. Mm. I mean, so it's like you have oftentimes very little sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um took the train into france went into switzerland i mean i just just kept going and going and going
1: that's what i do love about europe uh once you're in one of those countries like every country is like a st- going to a different state here in the united states right it's a one, two hour fly, an eight hour train ride. Now it's, they got even more like speed trains. Oh yeah. Lot. Oh yeah. Like you can go from England, because my sister lives in London and I've been there a couple of times. Oh wow. Yeah. And we took a speed train from London. We were we, we went to Paris for a day. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if you were in London, you can go to Paris for a day and come back. Mm-hmm. Like that's how awesome it yeah. is. Right? Like I want to go have coffee in Paris. Uh, we had crepes. Oh yeah. And the crepes were huge and they serve like like food in crepes. It's not like sweet.
2: You can have day trips. Yeah, like day trips and stuff
1: like that. Yeah. So so 40 countries.
2: Thank you for tuning in. That was the end of part one. Part two comes out next Monday, nine AM. Please stay tuned.
1: Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so that YouTube will let you know when the next one comes out.